The following audio drama is rated R for rockin'. You can be sure that everything you wanted to see when you're a teenager is here. Just tantalizingly out of reach if you're under 17 or 18 years old. This is Paige Selby Evans, host and dungeon master on the Junket Podcast, a part improvised science fantasy show that uses Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition to tell the story of the Catherine Johnson 2, a ship whose crew have already saved the galaxy once before, only to be dragged out of adventuring retirement by the impending end of the universe. This is episode 39, Changing Tides, which follows the crew as they return from exploring an ancient city at the bottom of the sea, only to find that a few things have changed in their absence. Thank you for listening. It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Tell me if this is too much to ask, but after this, come home. Come back to Chorus. I'll think about it. <laughs> That's if uh, Nipponi hasn't burnt down without me there. Did the child die? The figure in the mirror smiles for just a second and then shakes his head. I am Septiva Sanctuavi and before the world ended, I was thought of as someone who might be able to stop it. Somewhat unsurprisingly, your return to the surface is quite a bit faster than it would have been without a certain Septiva Sanctuavi in tow. Lorelei, you move the rocks and she moves the sea. The moth flies through the water in a way no craft ever has. And all the while she is quiet. She is a strange presence. She watches all of you very carefully, very guardedly, with clever eyes. And as she works and as you watch her work, it becomes impossible to miss the mark blazing between her shoulder blades. She's resonating with the god of water. I think you can tell there's something different about it. Her mark is a brand like your own, but the strength of her power is frightening. It's tectonic, unsettling, unreal almost. Being with her in the submarine as she guide you to the surface is like living in a dream and when you break the surface it's like she breaks a little too because she stands in the dome her balance perfect looks up at the sun of this system and she says the sun is the same 
I do my best in Tekkit to describe the route. She listens to you attentively, like a young soldier following orders, and guides the submarine. This whole time, Tali has been sat in the control chair with her hands not on the controls, very quiet, watching Septiva, worrying her fingers together. But as Corel, as Septiva follows your instruction and the submarine accelerates across the surface, and a tall column of black smoke comes into view, Tali's hands leap to the arms of the chair and grip it so tight that you can see her knuckles through her fur. Uh, has it been long enough for us to have a short rest? I think so. Seeing that Lorelei jumps up, I've got my wild shapes back, and uh, if someone opens the door at the top with me, I wild shape into a bird and fly ahead. You flit ahead, sweeping over the water, and you fly over the volcanic rim of Naponi and witness a scene of carnage and chaos. Fire billows through windows, signs hang and fizzle in the water. Um, the blue palace is in flames. Does it look like natural disaster or um, malicious intent? As you fly over the rim of the volcano, a blaster bolt sizzles past your wings. And you look down and see that the Corsairs are fighting other armed warriors. People dressed in green. Shoulders. The Corsairs, they aren't winning. And it's ugly. You can hear screaming. I fly back. Um, Tali? The Shoulders, I think you called them? Uh, they have unfortunately taken your absence as a time to strike. And the city is a war zone. Tali stares ahead for a very long span of seconds. And then she goes in a voice that is unsettlingly level. How did they know? I don't know. How did they know? Can I make an insight check? Do, do I think that she, she thinks one of us told them? You can make an insight check. Can I also do an insight check? Yep. 26. Krell with a 26. Yeah, she absolutely thinks one of you told them. It wasn't us. Not this, none of this. Oh, what we're doing it is above anything that's happening here. This was not something we were involved in. I don't believe you. What advantage would there be to us turning the city into a war zone? We're gonna have to go. We always are gonna have to go back through that way. Well, then you'll leave. And I know what you think of the Corsairs. We don't want people to suffer. I'm not gonna pretend I like the idea of the Corsairs, but like, no, we didn't come out here to start a war, or or to go after you. We came here to ask for your help, and you've given it. There was no reason why we would do this. I'm horrified that this has happened, and I don't really understand how it did. You're not horrified, Captain. None of you are. I actually grab Tali at this point. I start flaring my symbol, not to use it, but just to make a point. And she... We didn't do this. I'm bank... I'm hoping at some point I can persuade. <laughs> yeah, can we roll to persuade? She... I'm going to make her roll an insight check. 
Because Tali's not the kind of person I think will listen to persuasion. I think uh, she needs to make up her own. Yeah, mind. yeah. If she is looking, Lorelei is just shaking and crying. Oh. Like, silently furious. With Tali? That she thinks that I... That she'd let that happen. Can she she make it with advantage? Because I am looking her dead in the eyes and trying to bank on this deep, though not necessarily desirable connection that we have. She raises her hand and for a second, Carol, I think you think she's going to slap you. And then she clenches it into a fist and her own mark flares and then dies. And she goes, fine! But if it wasn't... And then very slowly, she looks at Schlepp and she goes, you're a sight. What? If it wasn't willing, then maybe it was unwilling. I don't know. You're a sight. You're not meant to pass out. You passed out. Don't tell her that. <laughs> they passed. You, have you never checked them? Yes, I checked them. Of course you checked them, not idiots. All of this can wait. There are people up there who need us. Septiva, Corral, can you? Yeah, yes. Like, Lorelei, you said there was fire up there, right? Yes, can... Lorelei is not particularly verbal at this point. She's okay. just shaking. Can I jump in then? Can you help put out the fires? Help us bring this to a peaceful conclusion? Septiva cocks her head and then shrugs one shoulder and goes, Okay. Just like that? Yeah. All right. Like, Tali at this point has, like, pulled her legs up into the chair and is, like, arms wrapped around her knees um, as Septiva pushes the moth up onto the shore of Naponi and sends it skidding over the gravel until it comes to a stop and then lands lopsided with one of its wings in the sand. You exit the submarine. The smoke is thick in the air. You can hear the screaming and the blast of fire. There's like a hill above you, which is the rim of the volcano separating you from the city itself. But even so, like the chaos is, it's close at hand. Tali, where would they be going? Tali shakes her head. If I'm, and then she kind of pinches her nose and she goes, they would want to cut off escape routes. The spaceport. Okay, so let's go. You run around the rim of the volcano towards the broken chain of islands that form the area where the spaceport is tethered. Again, the spaceport is out on barges rather than on the island itself. And as you approach, you see the barges are smoking and the spaceport itself isn't in flames, but there is an absolute haze of blaster fire going in and out through its great doorway. The KJ is noticeably absent. Called Junie? Called Junie. Everyone looks at Faraday. <laughs> okay, I will do that, but the rest of you need to go and do something about this. What can we do? Um, take a closer look. I have, yeah, take a closer look. I have... Corel's going stealth mode. <laughs> Lorelei does not have the capacity to be stealthy right now. She's going to run up and she's going to just fully go ham. She's got her sixth level and two fifth level spells left and is just going to cast Sunbeam and anything that isn't, a, like, goes up with Tali and is like, point out the ones who aren't Corsairs. Tali, shaking, does so. As the others run towards the city to do whatever they can, Faraday, you call Junie. Pick up, pick up. Yeah, I'm kind of busy. 
Like, it, did they take you? What? No, God. Fuck that. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just... And you hear, like, an explosion really close to, like, Junie drowning out her words. And off the comms, you hear one within the city a, a distance away. And then Junie says, No, I am all right. Uh, KJ's fine, too. By the way, uh, I realize you probably can't see her. She's she's fine. She's just not here. Where, where can I find you? Spaceport. Okay, I'll be there. And then before the call cuts out, you hear a loud growl, which oh. sounds kind of like Bugsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, these guys are doomed. I wanted to, I wanted like talk to Prelts. Like my thinking is like try and find people who like you know just fucking civilians. Panic to like get them on the ship or something like that. So we're 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 going to do a refugee lift. I'm not saying no. I'm just checking what we're doing. We have the space and pe- these these people need to get out of here. Okay, I I'm again not fighting it. I'm just checking. I understand you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think I like can I like text Junie to ask about that. I don't know. I'm just panicking. Yeah. Just text her. She does not text back. Instead, minutes later, Schlurp, you look towards the city from the beachfront to see, galloping in through the smoke, Bugsy, <laughs> oh my his fur singed and his teeth bared and blood around his mouth, and on his back, clinging on for dear life with one hand flaming with magic, it's Junie. Oh my god. <laughs> and she pulls wow. up sharply. She pulls up sharply in front of you both and just goes, Where's Faz? She she stayed put to check in with you. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, what do you need? This place is a shit show right we now. We need to get we need to get people out of here. Where, yes, where's where's, where's the, the K- ship? Where's, yes, where's K KG two? I sent her up in orbit. I didn't want the kid getting stolen or something. Okay, we need to back down so we can like get people out of here so they don't. Wait, the, are, are you saying we're gonna no come back? Calm down for a second, okay? Calm down. Are it's you so su- awesome. suggesting we should evacuate pirates? No, non-combatants. People! We help people who aren't fighting! We do. They don't deserve to be here. They don't deserve this. We do, but also we have with us someone who could potentially save the galaxy. And for the first time, Junie notices Septiva and just goes, uh... That is a subject for when we are off this planet. New friend, she controls water, very useful. But, yeah. Later conversation, yes. If she controls water, why isn't she putting out the fire? I thought that's what she was supposed to be yeah. doing. I thought I told her that she needed... I, I, in mid-sentence, I switched... I thought I told her, put out the fires, please. <laughs> she kind of jolts a little bit in place and then breathes out, holds her hands out and pushes them forwards. And it's like the tide comes in and it comes up over all of you. And like Bugsy kind of growls and bites at the foam as suddenly all of you are waist deep in water. Lorelei, you are fully swimming. Uh, Lorelei will have, is probably not paying attention, like fully in starry form, just trying to keep it so that there is still a path through to the spaceport. She's almost robotic battle mode right now because she doesn't know what else to do. Okay. So as Septiva pushes the ocean forwards to start putting out the fires, you guys are working to try and keep a route open to the spaceports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crow would like to be actively looking for people to get out. Okay, and I- Slurp as well? Yeah, I'll be, jo- I'll be joining them. Okay, so you two are actively like rooting through buildings, trying to find people to root out. Just going to jump aside to say, 
obviously we're not in combat order here. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to keep it that way just so yeah. it can be because this, this is too big a scale to I, do in a combat. Yeah, order. we assumed that. Yeah. Awesome, fantastic. I will let you like you can sling spells and stuff if you want, but well, just, I don't want to get into. I was just going to do it if it made sense to do an investigation check for non-combatants, but yes, I will take that. Which which of us is better investigation? I have plus seven. But you can, I would get, you can give the help action. Yeah, help got, action would be great. That's why I was thinking, like, like, what, like whoever, whoever's the better one does the thing and the other one gives the help action. Yeah, like yeah. with torches and stuff. Okay. Yeah, so you roll it and I'll give you the help action. Uh, 26. Yes. Uh, with a 26, Corel, you and Schlurp are wading through the buildings as the water continues to rise, finding civilians huddled behind bakery counters. There's someone in a gift shop who's like, trying to grab the merch before it floats away like their expression in a day is like kind of grabbing onto the tethers of their job and being oh, like and this is what i'm supposed to do the ocean is rising and everything's on fire yes so we so if you could come with us that would be great <laughs> you do this you dive into building after building trying to help people get out Lorelei. Your glowing form is a beacon guiding people to relative safety as the water continues to rise and Septiva rises with it. Faraday, where are you? Uh, I'm going to stick with Tali. Uh, in which case, if you glance towards the mouth of Naponi City to the bay there, you'll see Septiva standing on the, bra- on the wave as it rises and the fires begin to fizz and the air fills with smoke and vapour and steam. The thing about the spaceport is that, other than the Blue Palace, the spaceport is the largest building in Naponi City. It's also quite haphazardly put together, because it's half floating, it's tethered, the tide comes in and lifts it. It's not the best built building on Earth. Which is kind of why, when the collapse happens, you feel like you should have seen it coming, Faraday. You with Lorelei and Tali help people flee to the spaceport and then you see it fall. How big? And how many people are in the way? It's like the size of an airport terminal. And there are a couple thousand people in there. How far does it get before we notice? Or does it just, like, happen? Faraday, it's... Like the world goes quiet for a moment. You see the walls bow out and then break as the fire eats the slapdash timbers. And you see it crash down. I run a few feet towards it and then probably just fall to my knees and then probably feel all of the people that were there and then realize that that's not going to happen today. I can feel this sort of power inside of me. And it's like everything goes quiet and stands still. And suddenly the building starts to rise back up again, slowly. And there's lots of noise and there's lots of different threads and way that things could go. And I'm just focusing on this one and it's draining. Like it's really hard. It's like I'm trying to pull it up on a rope myself and trying to flick back all the lights into the people that were under it, like scrambling for them before they end up floating away. And as the airport 
ends up back where it should be. I'm the one who collapses instead. Um, uh, in, so who saw that? Yeah, who saw the fucking... Lorelei's right there, and oh. she was turning to cast plant growth to use whatever seaweed or coral or whatever to hold up a bubble, maybe save 20 people. Sees this and f- quickly flicks across the seaweed to stop Faraday from braining, from falling. Into the water. Into the water. And she's in her archer form, so she can't fly right now. Mm. So she is just floating and watching and knowing that Faraday has just done the thing that she has been avoiding for years. Where Lorelei has been running towards the second she saw Theresial or as she knows him, the Appelton suitor, she ran to him because she needs answers. Faraday, she knows just as much Faraday has been running away. And she knows what just happened. She goes forward, stops herself and looks for Junie because she doesn't know what to do. You find Junie on still on Bugsy's back, staring towards you with stricken eyes, and she kicks Bugsy's sides and sends him sloshing through the water, sending it everywhere. And then she throws herself off of Bugsy and falls almost onto Faraday and like grabs at her and pats her face and grabs her hands. And she just says, she's cold. She's cold. I assume Corel was bringing with people, I think, probably a bit behind Junie, but Corel has run up, saying, what happened? What happened? What happened? She happened. As Junie says she's cold, I um, I cast Lay on Hands. Okay. Faraday. Mm. You see the building rise, and it's like you blink. But when your eyes next open, you aren't looking at the building. You aren't even looking at Azalea's blue sky. You're looking at stars. And someone near you laughs and just goes, (laughs) So you made your choice then? Yes. Seeing her helped me make it. Septiva. No. Alayula. Alayula. A good choice. For inspiration. Is this it now? No, little one. And hands, cold, help you sit up. And you are not in. A black lake floating by a field of flowers. You are sat in a white void at the centre of a road which winds on into white eternity. The figure kneeling next to you, the god of life and death, with his stag antlers and bony face, says kindly, It's only just begun. Okay. That's fine. Um, Will you teach me? 
<laughs> I can't teach you. You're your own person and your own purpose. Your friends resonate. You're different. Why? Why? How? Faraday Zenith Lewis. When you were 21, you were in the med bay of the Sunfish, the former flagship of the Namazir fleet turned into a pleasure cruiser, and you looked upon a man who had done wrong. <laughs> Ooh. And when asked to heal him, you killed him instead. I would like to argue that I didn't kill him, I just let him die. Choosing not to save someone is not the same. You argue with me about death? You made a judgement that day as to who should live and who should die. And regardless of what you thought of that man's deeds and his morality, you are the one who made the decision. Your hands were the gavel. You are not going to be the next god of life and death, Faraday Zenith Lewis. There can be no other god of life and death. I am as much a part of this universe as... I am this universe. I will have no heir. When it dies, it will die because I am dead. You, and he laughs, and then gently lifts up your right hand and taps one bony claw on the mark now blazing there, an hourglass with a black line extending from its centre, making it into a, into a hammer or a gavel. And he says, I think you know what you're going to be the god of. Yeah. Judgment. And as you say it, the white fog in front of you forms into an anvil. And he says, you have no broker's vault. You have no hall of music. You won't even have the staircase. You will have to make your own way. The same as Alayula did. The same as Kavoris and Teresial. The same as all of the gods do when they first come to be. You will make the house. You will forge the power. Do you understand? I do. It won't be easy. There's not a lot about this that has been easy. But that's okay. I'm ready. You're going to be amazing. Thank you. And everything goes black. Faraday doesn't wake when you lay on hands. She doesn't wake when the fires are quenched by Septiva's awesome but terrible power. She doesn't wake when the KJ lands. She doesn't wake when you carry her aboard, or even when you set her in her and Junie's bed underneath the slanted window. She just sleeps, and you can't watch her forever. 
There's a whole city out there that needs help. The Corsairs win the day, just, but they are battered and their pride is bruised as well as their bodies. Tali is ashen, hollow-eyed. She looks up at the rem like the remnants of the Blue Palace and she doesn't say anything. Just quietly turns and helps you shepherd the civilian survivors onto your ship where they quickly fill its rooms and hallways and the living room underneath the bridge. They sit and shake under blankets, under anything you could find and soon it's like your home has become a temporary city full of frightened people. Tali, Tali doesn't come with you when you leave. Lorelei, she, she looks at you for the longest time and then she turns away and the KJ is free to raise up its entry ramp and fly away like you always have. But I think this time a piece of Azalea is with you as you go. A day later, when you've had some time, some distance from it all, I think you start to feel like you're coming out of a haze. All of you do. Crick, what have you been doing for the last day? I hope it's not too light-hearted. I've been building a model train set. Whatever helps. You've been in your room, painting, sat on a little stool, and as you're sat painting, your comm starts to ring. And I answer it. It's Lina. Lina! How are you? Better than you, I think. I, I saw it on the news. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Are you alright? I mean, obviously you're not alright. I've seen things like this before. Uh, it still gets to you, even after however many times but I'll I'll be okay it was just a lot yeah well I just I wanted to check on you because seeing that so close to the anniversary of the endeavor I just I'm worried about you Mitch it's kind of you to worry I um I still think about them I try to move on from losing so many people, but watching all of the people that you served with, fought with, partied with uh, for literal years just go down in smoke. That's yeah. It's hard to hard to hard to get over. But at least I've still got you. Thank you. I mean, I've not got many other places to go. Not that you're not my first choice, but it's not like I can go home, you know? I mean, maybe we could do something about that. I, I may not be top of the fan club back on Earth in terms of the military, but um, I'm sure we can find someone who can pull some strings. I think so. I think so. 
It's not what I would want, but I'm not you. And you, you deserve to do what makes you feel happy. I just... I miss my mum. Well, I'm sure we can... We can do something about that. Uh, it's been a, a wild few weeks. Um, I was going to contact you and say, Tasha, you know Tasha, Khalid? Yeah, of course, the ambassador. Yeah. Well, she made me an offer. She said that I could go back to the UEF and that they could um, arrange for you two as well. And when it came to me, I told her no. And I don't know if it's going to be conditional on me coming back, but it sounds like they can definitely find a way to fit you back into life on Earth, life in the fleet, if that's what you want. I know it ended badly, but I miss it. I really, really miss it. Don't you? I was never much for the military aspect of it. Uh, I loved the people, and the part of it that I loved went down with the endeavor. But if it means getting you back to your life, that's worth it to me. I really love you, Captain. I love you too, first mate. <laughs> Maybe again soon. Maybe. Maybe. Well. I'll leave you to your trains. Oh, God, how did you know? <laughs> See you soon, Mitch. See you soon, Lena. And she signs off. A few million miles behind you, in the smouldering ruins of the Blue Palace, Tali is picking her way through the throne room, looking for any sign of how they might have known of her absence. After several long hours of searching... One of her junior corsairs runs up to her. In his hands, he is holding out a pink feather. Ah! <laughs> Fuck! Oh boy. Fuck! Luella! Fuck! Oh my god! That's that's a reasonable reaction, actually. Oh my god! <laughs> so she always, My rival! She knows where you are at all times, honey. What? Corel, where are you? With Faraday. The fact that Faraday has broken, Corel is, for the moment, kind of broken. This I'm going to say this most this bit out of character. Corel loves it, everyone in the space squad, just so we're clear. But Faraday, for a long time, really has been their anchor. I mean, it's hard for an Apelter to be away from their colony. So Faraday's sort of kept them grounded. And that they might be gone, Corel literally can't function. So they, they maybe go through some motions of piloting or helping, but any spare moment they have, and probably even moments they really can't spare, they are with. They are just by Faraday's bed. They are aware enough that if Junie wants some space with her, they'll move aside. But whatever chance they get, they're just they're just with Faraday. I think Junie, for the most part, is like you. And she'll even watch with you her head on your shoulder because the three of you are very close. But, I mean, she's also the other main pilot. So for long stretches of time, it's we, just... We take turns. Yeah, for long stretches of time, it's just you and Faraday. 
Would you say that you ever fall asleep at Faraday's bedside? I think try not to, but I think that's inevitable. Well, one time, the first time, you dream and you dream terrifying dreams. All the more terrifying because they are memories. You dream of your own brush with death. You dream of waking up in a black lake. You dream of a sky of stars, a tree of stars, a field of flowers. You dream of the woman who dragged you from its waters and laid you out on its shore. Not Faraday. Aliula, gentle, kind, holding your hand until Faraday could pull you back to the world of the living. The same gentle, kind soul whose death you think you heard in the amphitheater. It's hard to imagine how she could have survived that. The destruction was so absolute. And as you're kind of having these floating images of her and the lake and the crash of the KJ-1. And then your hand is being squeezed and you come awake. <sighs> and Faraday is awake. <gasps> Schlurp! Yeah, cool. Where are you? Thing is, I have this noble idea of they'd be like, oh, they'd be trying to like help the people and like, you know, playing music and being like, like, they've heard all the stuff about Aliula, like, she rallied around everyone, but I'm not sure if they think that they can do that. Like, they're not at the level where they, like, they can handle doing that. Um, I think they've taken the pick and they've just put it in a drawer. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll get used to it. But then that happened, and now they're just kind of... Now they're shut in their room. They can do that because because Faraday's not around to turn off the internet. <laughs> so I think, like, with a degree of guilt, like, no, I should be helping people. Why am I not helping people? They're just come and help when, like, someone literally drags them out. But then the rest of the time, I think they are just in their room, just trying to, like, play the songs that they heard and trying to think, like, what the fuck does any of this mean? What just happened? Why me? Why any of us? Why can't I be more like the person before me? She was clearly doing a much better job than me, but then the universe killed her. Now they're stuck with me. Lots of bad intrusive thoughts going through their head. It's it's not good. So yeah, been a few days. Let's call it the third day? Yeah, I think the only times they've come out is like, Bugsy needs food. I will go out to get food, talk to no one, and then come back. Okay, it's the third day. Schlepp. You're sat on the floor of your room. What are you doing? Just kind of noodling away on instruments. I don't think it's even like a proper song at this point. It's just kind of notes. Bugsy is lying on the other side of your room on a mound of pillows. As you're picking your way gently through the melodies you heard, trying to put them together, trying to figure out what the full length verses would have been, he rolls and huffs and then rolls and huffs. And then he rolls again, looks you dead in the face, and growls. I've already fed you today, what is it? He stands. And then, a little bit, I imagine, to your horror. Oh no. <laughs> he goes to a low table, 
whose surface contains only instruments, or two in particular. He puts his mouth around the wooden handle of a bell, and he brings it to you and dumps it in your lap almost with disgust. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You don't like him. He headbutts you. No, I really don't need him right now. He headbutts you again and then growls. <sighs> You're just going to be doing this all day if I don't. They take up the bell and they give it a very curt, singular ring. <laughs> the bell lifts out of your hand, forms into a glowing silhouette, and then that silhouette cools into Bruno. His yellow-green fur is sleek, his eyes are bright, he looks nothing like the refugees aboard the ship. And I think you kind of hate him for it in that moment. Mm. Did, you t did you tell Bugsy to do this? You have some sort of weird thing where you can reach out and like do stuff. I don't know. Ghost shit. Bruno laughs and then reaches out and tugs one of Bugsy's ears and then just goes, we have an understanding. Have you been taking snacks from him? Bugsy, you have to be honest with me. Bugsy looks away from you very pointedly. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and Bruno steeples, steeples his fingers and then says to you, you don't have to be her. I have to be someone like her. I have to be someone people can rely on. No. If I'm not, then what's the point? What's the point of any of this? I don't know. So why are you bothering to give advice? I am just saying. You don't have to be her. Anything else? Any other insights? Look. Is this godhood thing it's not about replicating what came before it's about resonating with an idea of what that godhood means and that ideas they mean different things to different people you don't have to be Alayula. You just have to be you. Someone who just hides behind smoke and mirrors. Smokes and mirrors and stupid, stupid jokes. If you do not like who you are, who do you want to be? I still don't know. I still don't know. Everything is happening so much and I don't know what I'm supposed to be here. I help and things and things go wrong and, and then I just hide and then I hide in my room for three days when there's people out there who could use my help and then I'm just in here when I know I should be out there. Maybe you should be out there. So what, you're here to judge me? Why are you talking to me right now? Because I believe in who you can become. Which is? You tell me. I know I just want to be someone who isn't a fucking coward. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. The first step is the artist. To be clear, I don't, also don't know what the first step is. Well, we have a ship full of tired, hungry, sad people. 
you don't have to make every single person happy. Let's just start with one. I think they very, with a lot of effort, they get up and they go to like the drawer that they've got the pick in and like they pick it up. Um, Like, I don't know like how many people are on the floor with them right now. It's kind of jam-packed, I imagine, in there. It's jam-packed. I think there's about maybe 50 people on the same floor as you. And as you pick it up, you can feel... I think you were frightened that you would feel despair. Despair so great that it would drown you, like the waters of Azalea so nearly did. But you don't feel despair. You feel people. People who are scared and sad and happy people who are hopeful and hopeless you feel people i think they go to open they go to open their door and they kind of is there anyone just kind of in the corridor at the moment yeah there are people sat on the floor in the corridor with blankets over their shoulders i think they get their guitar and they kind of sit being out loud Anyone got any requests? Lorelei, what have you been doing? Can I have gotten Tali's actual number? Sure. But then, other than, so other than that, I've been going around and doing everything I can to not have to sit and stew, use my magic to make drinking water, to make sure that we have enough fresh produce so people aren't just eating rations that are technically give them everything they need but taste like dirt i've also called damini and my grandmother and told them to build a vault because if we can't stop this i want all of the information that we've had to travel the entire galaxy to find out to be in one place that's fair that's enough it's a good idea so i think she's done that and she's been avoiding asking partly because she doesn't want to know and she doesn't want to know what it looked like when it all started. But once Faraday's awake, she goes to Junie and asked how it started. Because she was on the ground. Um, Lorelei's like, if you don't want to talk about it, that's completely fine. But I need to know who did this. It's not that I can't talk about it. It's more that like I, I don't really know. Lorelei, like, I was with Bugsy. I was walking him. We were on the shorefront. I picked up some food. We were having a good time. And then the Blue Palace, there was this like huge gout of flame. And then someone shouted, Fortune? For the shoulders. And then chaos. I saw so many people. I, I can't really pick out anyone, but they seemed to come from the palace, maybe like a, a hidden compromised passageway or something. But they came from the heart of the city, not from outside. And they were just so utterly unprepared for it. It was a shit show. It was. I think she just walks up and gives her a hug and says, I, I know you hear about all the things that we see and your life hasn't exactly been strawberries and cream, but I'm sorry your day got ruined? 
<laughs> I mean, it's kind of laughable, isn't it? Compared to everything else that happened and what you saw and what that, what Septiva's been through. Um, everyone has their own battles and deals in their own way. Just because it's different doesn't mean you feeling like crap about it isn't valid. Ginny bows her head and then swallows. And then she says, she has a mark now. It was always going to happen. I know, but somehow without it there, it's like I could pretend. I'm not married to her, but Natalia's got one too. And Damini doesn't. And I don't know what to do with that yet. Tell me when you figure it out. I mean, if it fucking comes to it, me and Damini can just get tattoos. Smuggle <laughs> me in in a coat. <laughs> I... If Faraday can just look at a falling building and say no, I think she can look at the Pantheon of Gods and say yes. She is a powerful bitch. She's... She's pretty fucking great. She is. Laura, they... I'm really glad that we met you. I... I love Chorus and I love my family, but... I love it with you guys. I hate what's happening. But even if it wasn't happening, I'd still be here. We'd be going to Azalea on holiday, and then we would head back to New Anilu, and I'd get told off for selling too much tip leaf. And I'm like, we might get to go to Earth and show you and Faraday all the places and Earth things that you heard about, but you never got to go to. We will. We'll do all of that. We will. We will. Pinky promise. I don't have pinkies. Help me. <laughs> Fingy promise. Fingy promise. <laughs> yeah. And then Ginny puts an arm around you and she says, thank you for joining us. Always and forever. The universe seems so much bigger when you guys are around. It might be after this conversation, it might be a little later, but at some point... Krell would like to find Lorelei. I think I had this conversation with Junie in the kitchen because mm. I'm guessing the only time she isn't either piloting or with Faraday is when she needs food. So um, I'm sort of imagining this is after Faraday's woken up. Yeah, so Junie leaves with two sandwiches and I'm like, Krell, hi, you're, um, would you like some food? You know, that would be good. I go over to the freezer and pick out some meat muffins and put them in the microwave. I'm like, I know microwaved isn't as good, but we don't have time to defrost them right now. It's it's fine. Once they're defrosted, Grell invites Lorelei to sit with them at the table. I think Lorelei sits on the table at this point. She's like, I need to do something whimsical. So, I feel like we don't always talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we talk the most when we're pissed at each other. Which isn't healthy. No, and I just want to make clear, I have immense respect for you. And I, you, I also, I'm never going to be able to get the image of you yarfing after a banana split out of my head. <laughs> that was something. 
moving on from that, I need, before we get home and before we move on, I need to ask a question. Uh, there was a map. There was a map. I assume you were inspecting it. Yes. It was a, in a certain part of the maelstrom. Um, Why? I, I was hoping we'd be able... I was hoping that we'd drop everyone off and get on the ship and have a nice little meeting with all of us where we could give each other updates. But that hasn't happened. So the th thing, God, that resonates with Tali is another species from this galaxy whose home planet is what is now... Anatar. Corel has a meat muffin in their hand and they just press down on it. It just goes to pieces. They were another chitinous insectoid being, um, but more like a snake with arms. Mm. I know you don't want to go. And if we. But I feel like. Corel actually gets up. I really can't. And they actually just leave. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your Game Master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife, Leonie, as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you can support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.